Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. If you have your Bibles this evening, I want you to join me in the book of Psalms. We're going to go to the 124th, 121st Psalm, excuse me, Psalms 121. And uh, just keep your Bibles open there and we'll just journey down through these passages of scripture and uh, I uh, appreciate what the Lord has already done in this service he's met us here amen we could have just had the promise of that but we felt the presence of that the affirmation of that the book of Psalms chapter 121 and verses number one through four I'll begin I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber or sleep. And um, if the Lord will just help us for a little while tonight, I want to speak to you on this subject, the source of our strength. I am very thankful Amen, for the strength that God gives us day by day. Amen, I know the Lord blesses us and we could talk about the many, many blessings that God has given us, but some days we just need strength for the journey. And in those moments, I'm glad to know where I can turn and find my source of strength. Amen, amen. May the Lord bless you and thank you for standing in honor to his word I mean, you can be seated. This has been um, used, this psalm, um, as what maybe some would refer to her as a, an antiphonal psalm or a psalm or a song that was sang as people made a journey. It was a, it was a song that they sang as they moved from place to place. And it's commonly thought among some Bible scholars that the leader of the company or the leader of the group would, of this particular psalm, would open by himself with verses number one and verse number two. And if you notice, they are spoken in the first person. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from which my help cometh. Amen. And my help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. And then it is thought that different people, others in the crowd, would answer back with verses number three and four. And they are spoken in the second person. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Be that as it may. It's an interesting thought to realize that someone could declare the goodness of the Lord and others could affirm that goodness. And so tonight, wouldn't it be a sad thing if I were the only one in this house that had an experience with God? 
And I alone was just here trying to convey to you, try to convey to our listeners, though that those that are joining us online, the goodness of God and just trying to describe somewhere that you have been. We've all been places perhaps and you come home from a vacation or wonderful trip and you're trying to explain that to someone. And we find ourselves, even if we video or if, even if we take pictures, we often find ourselves saying things like this, the pictures just don't do justice. I mean, because we've been there. And so you're trying to show someone, no matter the size of the picture, it wouldn't matter the quality of the picture, we always want to, we feel compelled because there's truth in that. We feel compelled to say this doesn't do it justice. And so I think it's incredible that someone would say, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills and, and someone would say, my help cometh from the Lord, but they're not standing there trying to convince someone of something, but someone else would join them and say, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved, and he that keepeth thee will not slumber. Some of these psalms could be repeated again and again as they made their way from one place to another. The, the theme of Psalms 121 is the fact that God has a protective blanket, if you please, or his hand of protection upon his people. Now, in our scripture setting, we are not just talking about that in a general sense, but that is certainly the truth because there are six references to God's ability to keep or preserve his people. And you'll use or see the use of those words six times, either the word keep or the word preserve in these few verses that are found in Psalms 121. Because safety in that day was none like it, no less than it is today, a great concern for those that would be making a journey. Of course, their journey was by foot and their perils were a little bit different than ours today, but traveling roads that would lead them through hill country, someone could easily stumble and, and hurt themselves and uh, many things could potentially happen on the journey. And so they prayed that God would keep them and preserve them. And there, of course, was always the possibility of robbers along the way. But the message of Psalms didn't just to apply to God's people then, but it applies to God's people today. Amen. It is as relevant for us on this December night in, in 2021 as it was the moment that it was penned. And it gives us the assurance that as we journey through life, that God is going to be there and he will be the source of our strength. He will be exactly what we need him to be. We've encountered things for the first time in our life. We really didn't need God to be that kind of God until we got to that intersection of our life. But when we got there, we realized that if we lost somebody close to us, that he really would be a comforter. If we, if we were needing direction in our life, we found that he could give us direction and he would be our counselor and he would be the mighty God. The opening line of Psalms 121 and 1 can, can be translated, I lift up my eyes instead of saying I will lift. It, it could be translated to say I lift up my eyes. So if we think about this, that, that the Lord created the heavens and the earth and we know that he did because the scripture teaches us he did, then that means he is a God of power, he is a God of wisdom, and he is certainly a God of glory. Those three words could not contain God, of course. Amen, but having said that, that we're serving a God of wisdom and power and a God of glory, then I can tell you that we have nothing to fear, that God is going to be with us. 
And now I want to not intentionally try to just touch a nerve here tonight, but it, there's, it's, there's no way you can not touch a nerve. But we've all, in the last couple of years, experienced a level of fear that we really didn't know before now. But we found out that in the midst of all of this, we really have nothing to fear because God will keep his hand upon us. That doesn't mean suffering or peril wasn't, and it doesn't even mean loss won't come our way. But in the midst of all of that, he is the source of our strength. He is the hope that we cling to. Amen. Satan certainly is at work opposing and trying to frustrate the mission of the church, but we need to understand something, that God has always been in control, and God is not any less in control tonight than he has ever been. So we put our hand in his hand. We put our trust in him. The apostate Jews of the, the day of this writing worship other gods. They worship myriad gods and they worshiped at shrines and the hills and that's what the Bible is talking about when it talks about uh, good kings that would come along and they would tear down the high places. They would tear down the shrines where people were worshiping false gods. But you see, God's people have never looked to shrines and we've never looked to things of that nature. We're looking to the creator of the ends of the earth. That is the source of our strength. Amen, if you wanna find out where the water comes from, don't just look at the faucet because that's not the source. That's just the supply. I'm thankful that I know where the source is coming from. Amen. And so they were looking for a God who we are looking rather to a God that created all things. So when we think about the travelers who caught sight of Jerusalem, they knew that God dwelt there and they knew that that's where the sanctuary was and that they knew that God would provide them help then and there. Everything, everything in heavens and on earth bears witness to why God is so great. Amen, and how that God is substantial and, and uh, we can look at Old Testament examples of that and we can find them a plenty. We can find them New Testament examples again and again of God's ability to control the situation at hand. When they needed deliverance of the Red Sea, God made a way. When they needed deliverance at Jordan's impasse, God made a way. Again and again and again, we can find the power and the presence of God that was making a way where there was no way. We can see him in the New Testament where God was evermore at work and whatever the church needed, whatever his people needed, God was able to bring it all into control. We talk about Mark chapter four and verse 35 where the scripture talks about the the disciples that were caught up in a ship and in a storm and that Jesus himself stepped to the bow of that boat and said, peace be still. Leaving those that were with him, leaving those who knew him best, wondering and bewildered, saying, what manner of man is this? They had watched him open blinded eyes and unstopped deaf ears and they had watched him raise the lame and the dead but here they had never beheld the power of his authority over nature and they said what manner of man is this and so I ask you tonight if that's the kind of strength and the source that we have then we have nothing to fear praise God we have nothing to fear God is gonna keep his hand upon us. In verses three and four, the scripture says, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. 
I read a, a, a little story today about uh, somewhere in a, a pardon me for forgetting the part of the world that this happened in, but an air traffic controller at a smaller airport was there by himself and he fell asleep at the helm and there was a plane with several passengers on it that was trying to land but they couldn't get in touch with the tower because whoever was in control was slumbering. <laughs> they were asleep at the wheel and so they had to circle and they circled the airport for some 20 minutes until somebody could get a hold of someone to get there to wake them up. We're not serving a God that ever is going to keep us in a holding pattern. We're not serving a God that's ever going to say, wait just a moment, I have to get back with you later, but I'm going to tell you I'm preaching to men and women tonight that have needed God in the midnight hour and there wasn't a choir to sing and there wasn't a preacher, there wasn't a ministerial staff, there wasn't leaders, no, no, no. There was just faith in your heart and in your mouth and we called on the name of the Lord and we found him, amen, to be there. We found him not suffering our foot to be moved, amen, not going to slumber. The phrase suffer thy foot to be moved means to slip or to slide. He won't let you slip or slide. He won't let you stagger. He won't allow you to be shaken, amen. You see, these people were on a real journey, walking by foot. They could have stumbled. They could have fallen over the cliff. Amen. It would have been easy to get injured on the journey they were on. Amen. But you see, they said the Lord, he will not let your foot slip. He's going to make sure that what's under you is going to hold you. Hallelujah. I think it's interesting to consider how concerned the Lord is about our feet. Amen. Well, you didn't see us going there tonight, did you? But Psalms 56 and 13 says, the Lord, he said, he will deliver your, your feet from falling. He's concerned about your feet. I'll tell you what, the older I get, the more concerned I get about mine. I find myself looking down a lot more regularly than I, than I used to be pretty presumptuous about where I was going, but I want to make sure about things now. David in 66 and 9 says, the Lord would not suffer or allow our feet to be moved. 1 Samuel 2 and 9 says, the Lord is going to keep the feet of his saints. He's going to keep us. He's going to preserve us. He's going to hold us. Solomon said in Proverbs 3 and 23, he said, thou walk in thy way, thou shalt walk in thy way safely and thy foot shall not stumble. I'm gonna tell you that the Lord's concerned about the feet of his saints. Proverbs 3 and 26, the Lord says, he shall keep your foot from being taken. I wanna tell you tonight that if the Lord cares about where we're putting our feet, then he's concerned that we make it from where we are, amen, tonight to where we're trying to get. I'm telling you, I'm thankful that the Lord is the source of our strength. <laughs> The words keep or the words protect means to guard. It means to guard, preserve, protect. These are words that are used, as I mentioned a moment ago, some six times in this passage. It was first used in this context in the book of Genesis chapter two and verse number 15 when the Bible talks about the Lord putting Adam in the garden so that he could keep it, amen, so that he could preserve it, so that he could maintain it. That word means to guard it to take good care of it, 
to have a watchful eye over it. And so the Lord promised to keep Jacob who would become the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. In Psalms 32 and eight, the Lord, he, he said, I will guide you with mine eye. I'm gonna guide you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guide you with my eye. In Psalms 34 and 15, the Bible says, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. I'm not preaching something tonight you can't understand. I'm not talking about something you can't relate to. I'm not sharing something you're just gonna have to take my word for tonight. But I'm preaching to men and women who know that the eyes of the Lord have been upon you and his ear has been open to your cry. And I'm preaching to people that know that the Lord has been guiding you with his eye. Amen. That God has kept your foot from being taken and that the Lord has kept you sure. You didn't start out this thing because you got caught up in a revival moment. You didn't start out this thing because you just got caught up in a whimsical decision, but something got settled in your heart a long time ago. And you said, Lord, I've had some good days and I've had some days that were mighty low. I've had days that I felt like I could run through a troop and leap over a wall. And I've had other days that I didn't know if I could put one foot in front of the other. But here's what I've always found, that God is the source of my strength. Hallelujah. And when I'm full, I can just lift my hands and my voice and he just showers me with his blessings. And when I am empty and when I am barren, I can say, oh Lord, I need you to come into my heart and in my life. And it may be in my home. It may be in an automobile right down the road. It may be in my office. It may be on your job. But you find that the Lord really is. He really is. He truly is the source of our strength. Praise God. Praise God. He's our keeper. That's what verse five says. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. These words are significant. I know that we can often read through them and we can read through them in a hurry and miss sometimes the depth of their meaning. And the David is referring to the Lord here as his keeper. A keeper is not just on the throne looking down on us. He is not lording over us, us or towering over us. But he said that the keeper, amen, thy keeper, the Lord, amen, he is the shade upon thy right hand. The Lord is with us. He is at our side. Hallelujah. He's the shield from all harm. That doesn't mean that we never face difficulties. It doesn't mean that we don't face dangerous situations. Amen. This does not mean that we never feel in physical or emotional pain. It doesn't mean those things. Amen. The things that God permits to happen in his will in our lives may hurt us, but they'll not harm us. Amen. Don't let me confuse you with that. Just stay with me for a moment. David had many, many experiences in his life that brought him heartache, some experiences that even threatened his life on many, many occasions. Some of them we know about, others we can safely presume because he was such a man of valiant war. But the Lord enabled him, amen, to turn those tragedies into beautiful psalms. Some of David's lowest moments are recorded for us. And some of the psalms that he has written are an offtake of those low moments. And I'm telling you tonight, amen, that we, I, I, I hate sometimes to think about what people have gone through 
But when you hear the message that comes out of their heart, I will tell you tonight that some of the greatest songs that have ever been written have come from some of the deepest pain and some of the greatest sermons that have ever been preached had not been something somebody just read off of a page, but it's been something that somebody lived through, they walked through. Amen, it was bloody and it was ugly and it was, it was, a, it was something that no one would ever dare want to sign up for. But in the midst of all of that mess, God gave birth to a message that has challenged and changed the hearts of many, many people far and wide. In writing about the sun and in writing about the moon, these are not arbitrary uh, illustrations. The psalmist was saying several things. To begin with, in this part of the world, the sun was a very threatening thing. Heat strokes were not an uncommon thing in that day. And so he said, but God, he'll just be a shade to you. He'll keep you in that time. And then he said at night, amen, the moon, you won't, the, the sun won't smite you in the day and the moon won't smite you in the night because at night, there would be sudden temperature drops. Amen. That could create a very unhealthy environment. And because of that radical change in temperature, it would not be uncommon for people to get sick and die of that sickness. And so the Lord said, I won't let the sun get you with heat at night and I won't let the moon that's just a reflection of that sun allow the temperatures or whatever you may face in your life to get you on the other side of this. Are you hearing me tonight? Amen, God's got us on this side and God has us on this side. It doesn't matter if the sun is beating down on us or if the chilly winds of a, of a cold night are blowing in our lives. He said, I, I will comfort you. I will keep you. I will preserve you. David was reminding us of something very significant here. From day to day, from month to month, from year to year, God is with us through many challenges and changes of life. Whether it is day or whether it is night, whether it is heat, whether it is cold. If you've lived very long, you've experienced a lot of challenges of temperature changes in your life. We've walked through seasons of uncertainty, but God has always been. He's always been right there. And whatever changes come our way, we know that God has been able to provide for us right where we were. And so there's no need to be afraid because he said the shadow of the Almighty covers us. I want you to bear with me while I read some scriptures in Psalms 91. I'm gonna tell you, it's hard to read Psalms 91. And not, and not get stirred in your spirit. But the Bible says in verse number one, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. David said, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the error that flieth by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. If you drop down to verse 11, he said, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. There it is again. God is concerned about our steps. God is concerned that we not just slip. Amen. God is concerned that we not are not shaken or that we're not so soon moved. I say thank you, Lord, for a foundation. I thank you, Lord, for something sure that we can stand on. Amen. <clears throat> down at the campground before we were able to build and move into our new tabernacle we had transitioned from what we refer to now as our youth tabernacle 
into the gymnasium and we had to rent a stage and it was just pieces of a stage put together and uh, I mean there was several stages that were put together to make the size of stage that you needed and uh, back then uh, we would have several people on that stage and I can remember my wife couldn't even sit on the stage because the whole thing moved. And uh, it, was, it was the real thing and, and it wasn't a dangerous thing. It just felt that way because it wasn't a sure foundation. Amen. And so you're on that stage and you're just praying that nothing gives way. <laughs> you're praying everything is going to be all right. And so when I, I think about the sure foundation, when I think about these scriptures, I can't help but to think about things that I've been on that didn't offer me that kind of stability, things that didn't offer me that kind of an assurance, things that helped me to feel a little more uneasy about where I am. But when you step up on something that's got something under it, amen, I'm gonna tell you tonight, we're standing on something that you can count on. He will give his angels charge of you. He said, even if you dash your foot against a stone, they would be there to bear us up. In Psalms 121 and 7, he said, The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. And so we need not fear life, death, or eternity. Paul said, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, I don't think that we should read into that that Paul was either being morbid or flippant about death. Not at all. Amen. He was merely stating his confidence in both time and eternity. Amen. If, if I live, it's going to be all right. If I die, it's going to be all right. Amen. I don't want to live here. I don't want to leave here one minute before my appointed time. But I want to know this, that when my time comes, amen, that I've made my peace call and election sure. And I can face that day with courage. I can face that day with confidence. I, I, again, I, I don't want to sound morbid myself, but I'm not only thankful for the saints of God that have gone on before us who taught us how to live, but I'm thankful for the saints to God who taught us how to die. Is that all right? Amen. I'm thankful to see, to know there are men and women, amen, that they weren't wanting to leave their families, they weren't wanting to leave this world, but that when they understood that I have no vote in this matter, amen, they faced it without batting their eye, without blinking, because they realized that to close my eyes here is to open my eyes over there. To let go of this family is to embrace this family. Hallelujah. Amen. So Paul wasn't being flippant. No, 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 he was just being matter of fact. My eternity is secure. He, he said, the Lord, verse seven, the Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. Now this is not to imply that no evil will ever befall us, but it is to say that, that by God's grace, God can take things that have, atrocious things that have happened in our life and turn evil to good. I think one of the greatest examples of this in scripture, of course, is Joseph. He endured the slander and the hatred of his brothers. He endured 13 years of separation from his father. He endured the false accusation of his employer's wife. He endured years in prison. Amen, all of this was directly connected to the sins of his brothers. This had nothing to do with him. All of the pain, all the peril, all the disappointment, all the heartache was connected to someone else's sin, but he was the one paying the highest price, or so it seemed. But in the end, this is what Joseph was able to say. Amen, Genesis 50 and 20. He said to his brothers, you thought it evil against me, but God, but God meant it unto good to save much people alive because when you threw me in the pit, it didn't take my life, but it didn't just 
just spare my life. But look around us. It spared a nation. And so what you were doing, what you thought was evil, and I believe tonight that I am also talking to people that have lived long enough to see that some of the things you've gone through, the Lord was in it. His hand was in it. And he used your pain to be a blessing to somebody else along the way. Amen. There was something greater being done. Joseph didn't realize it. His brothers had no way of knowing about it, but God was at work because he had his faithful servants preserved. It is said that early American Indians had a unique practice of training their young braves. And on the night of a boy's 13th birthday, up until that moment, they had diligently been taught how to hunt and how to scout, how to fish. They had been taught many, many life skills, but on the evening of their 13th birthday, there was one final test. He would be placed in a dense forest to spend an entire night alone. Until then, and up until this moment, he had never spent one night by himself. Every night of his life for 13 years, <clears throat> had been in the safety and the security of his family and the tribe. But on this night, he was blindfolded and taken several miles into a dense forest. When the blindfold was, was removed, he was in the middle of thick woods, completely terrified. In their minds, every time a twig would snap, no doubt, in his young mind, he would visualize some wild animal ready to take advantage of that moment. After what seemed like an eternity, dawn would break. The first rays of sunshine would begin to break through. Looking around, the boy would recognize flowers and trees and they outlined a path that would lead him back home. But then, to their utter amazement, they would behold a figure of a man standing just a few feet away with a bow and an arrow. And that man was their father. He had been there all night long. It was just a test. That man had been there with weapon in hand. That man had been there ready. That father was ready and willing. I'm gonna tell you if that doesn't liken the God that we serve sometimes when it seems like life has blindfolded us and led us into the thickest, darkest night and when we fear around us everywhere things that are uncertain and things that we can't untangle and, and, and we can't make, make heads or tails because of the dark of night, I'm gonna tell you that we have a heavenly father. We have a heavenly father that is concerned. Amen, that father didn't sleep that night. That, that father didn't lay down and build his own. He didn't bring his bed with him that night. He brought his bow and an arrow. This night is not about sleeping. This night is not about building fires. This night is not about camping out. But this night is about watching over you. I'm telling you tonight, I feel those strong arms watching over us tonight because he is... He is the source of our strength. Praise God. Oh, oh, if we could only have eyes to see the angels that are around us tonight. Amen. When we feel most alone, we can rest assured that we're not alone at all. Amen. Like a natural father, the Lord is doing the night shift. Psalms 121 and 8. There's only 57 verses, so we're good. The Lord shall, that's why you should bring your Bible. Psalms 121 and 8. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and forevermore. And we read that phrase, thy going out and thy coming in more than once in Scripture. 
really sounds like a spiritual thing. But actually it refers to, when the Bible talks about thy going out and thy coming in, it just refers to daily activities. Because God cares about what matters to us. Daily activities. The Lord's concerned with the daily tasks that are before us. The Lord is even concerned about the minor details. That's the kind of God that we are serving. I'm going to ask our musicians to come, if you will. God's word is so precious, and, and I, I know the culture in which I speak tonight. That often to us, and this is not a slight, it's, it's just the truth, but often to us, the, the value of the word of God is lost because we've never been without it. And we hear stories from missionaries and tales from around the globe. But in all honesty, we can't even comprehend that. I, I don't just love the Word of God, but I love Bibles. And I'm sure it, that is intricately linked to what I do day in and day out. But I just love Bibles, and so I have just collection of Bibles multiple Bibles in my office in our home that's not to even think about the digital versions of Bibles that we have when we think about the word of God Orthodox Jews take the word of God so serious they take scriptures like Deuteronomy 6 and 9 and Deuteronomy 11 and 20 they, they take passages of scripture like that to heart so much so where the Bible talks about your doorposts and things of that nature. So much so the Orthodox Jews attach small metal boxes containing just portions of Scripture to the right-hand doorposts of their home. It's not there for decorations. It's there, that, it's there so that when they pass through that door, they can just... Touch that box with the Williams. Just those promises. Some are so serious about this that they attach those metal boxes to not just exterior doors, but significant interior doors in their home. Maybe a passage that's often used because they just want to touch that box. They want to be reminded of the promise. It's things like that move me especially when I think about how many Bibles that I'll leave you alone. When I think about how many Bibles I have in my possession, I want to have that spirit of David, thy word have I hid in my heart. Just to hold this. Not to feel the leather, but to be reminded of the promise. Amen, to be reminded of the promise. So what a, what a, a wonderful thought to think as we in and out of our home, our daily task, that the Lord is with us and he cares about us. Amen. Psalms, or rather First Peter 5 and 7, Simon Peter said, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. David said in Psalm 73, 23, David, you know, that he's just a consummate encourager. So David said, I am continually with thee. David writes, my flesh and my heart faileth, but God is my strength and my portion forever. He's with us.
He's with us. I'm going to ask you to stand. Several years ago now, my wife and I were attending a conference, and um, some of you would remember um, Brother Don Johnson, who pastored in Memphis, Tennessee, great preacher, pastor, singer, songwriter. And he was a dear friend of us. My wife and I were attending a conference. He was ministering that night and he customarily would sing before he preached. And he shared a story about a young father who had lost his wife, leaving him to be both the mother and the father to a six-year-old daughter. After the funeral and the graveside and when everybody had gone home, they went home, both of them overwhelmed with loneliness and grief. That night as they prepared to go to bed, the girl asked her dad, she said, could I sleep with you tonight? Of course, he recognized her sorrow and knew what she was facing and acquiesced to her. She tossed and turned after they turned out the lights, but sleep just wouldn't come her way. Finally, the little girl, in the stillness of the night, asked her dad this. She said, Dad, is your face turned toward me? She said, because if it is, I think I can go to sleep. And he said, yes, my face is turned toward you. And with that, in just a few moments, she drifted off. Tonight, the answer is yes. Is God's face turned toward us right now? Yes. Yes, it is, because he's the source of our strength. Brother Johnson heard that story and wrote a song, and he sang that song that night, God's face is turned toward me. I'm thankful tonight to know that in in the stench of whatever life may bring our way, that he is my source of strength. And if that little girl in her innocence could find hope, And the fact that God's face or her father's face was turned toward her, how much more hope should we be able to find tonight? Can we love him? And amen, let's just worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.